Listen, she is a fuck girl supreme, and she is a fuck girl supreme, like, in every aspect of her fucking life. <laughs> like, supreme, supreme, high notes, okay? High notes, <laughs> like, high <laughs> This is Alex. And this is M. Welcome to the latest episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic. This is the podcast for TV lovers, movie buffs, and binge watchers of all ages. On this podcast, we'll be discussing what we loved, what we hated, and what's just a bit problematic about the TV and movies that we're addicted to, and do a bit of rewriting where necessary. For much more exclusive content, become a show producer on Patreon and get access to after-the-episode outtakes, curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. Join the GBB family at patreon.com forward slash good, bad, basic. Today we'll be discussing the BET series that quickly became a household name, Being Mary Jane. Being Mary Jane allowed viewers to explore the inner world of a highly successful but romantically unfulfilled TV news anchor. Mary Jane has the perfect job, her dream home, and a supportive family, but no man, and a ticking biological clock. The seemingly very basic premise launched a hit series, but what exactly made Being Mary Jane so intriguing? Stay tuned. Here are some critical details about Being Mary Jane. The show is a drama, and it was uh, created by Mara Brock Akil. It was released from July 2nd, 2013 through April 23rd, 2019. It aired on the BET Network for five seasons and a total of 52 episodes. The series stars Gabrielle Union as Pauletta Patterson, better known as Mary Jane Paul. She's our protagonist and a TV news anchor, first in Atlanta and then later in the series where she works in New York. Lisa Vidal as Kara Lynch, Mary Jane's executive producer and best friend. Richard Brooks as Patrick Patterson, uh, Mary Jane's older brother. He's a recovering drug addict. Richard Roundtree as Paul Patterson, Mary Jane's father. BJ Britt as Paul Patterson Jr., Mary Jane's younger brother. Raven Goodwin as Niecy Patterson, Patrick's daughter and Mary Jane's niece. I should say Patrick's eldest daughter. Margaret Avery as Helen Patterson. She is Mary Jane's mom. Stephen Bishop as David Polk. From seasons one through three, he is Mary Jane's on and off love interest. Uh, Latarsha Rose as Dr. Lisa Hudson. From seasons one through three, she is Mary Jane's childhood friend and an OBGYN. Aaron D. Spears as Mark Bradley. Seasons one through three, he is a co-anchor and uh, Mary Jane's closeted gay best friend. Michael Ely as Justin Talbot, seasons four through five. He's first Mary Jane's rival, then love interest, and then eventual husband. Chike Okonkwo as Lee Truitt, seasons four through five, Mary Jane's love interest. 
and uh, Morris Chestnut as Bo in season four, another one of Mary Jane's love interests, and Omari Hardwick as Andre Daniels. In season one, he is Mary Jane's married boyfriend. These are all of the major players in this woman's very complicated life and love life. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about that season one, nine episodes, very tentative. BT well, clearly thought the show would fail. Well, before, once again, before we before we get into uh, you know the the season, I always want to like sort of put the the show in context. Being Mary Jane came out oh thirteen and not oh thirteen twenty thirteen, and it's interesting because this is the first original scripted drama for and developed by BET, like that the network has had, which sounds crazy, but like, <laughs> that's like a real thing. It works like gangbusters because the show uh, is extremely popular and uh, it becomes the number one rated show on the network uh, week after week, season after season. And, you know, they do try to follow it up. They do try to follow it up with um, stuff like Rebel, which I never got around to watching. I never heard of that in my life. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) BET hates promoting its shows. I don't know, like, why. I don't know why. Like. I don't want to get I get I don't want to get into it, but they would follow it. They would try to replicate the success of being Mary Jane with shows like Rebel, which was executive produced by John Singleton, and um, The Quad, which was another dramatic HB like it was a HBCU like college show drama starring Anika Noni Rose. It had great potential. It's just the execution wasn't quite there. Um, so, so it's, so being Mary Jane is really interesting for that reason. Um, it's also interesting for the reason that it is by, it's spearheaded by Mar Brock Akil, created, executive produced, you know, Mar Brock Akil, which we know from Girlfriends, which we know from Moesha, which we know from The Game, which are, have all been her properties, is someone who really, to me at least, has always felt like a dramatic writer, like I like it's clear she was doing comedies, but if you've seen any of if you've seen the game or the girlfriends or or Moesha for that matter, um, it's they're actually all those properties really feel like dramas that are masquerading as sitcoms. So I especially was, the game. Oh my god! <laughs> right, especially the game, which it doesn't feel like a comedy at all. And girlfriends, which we'll talk about later this season. Uh, so it, it was really interesting to see her, you know, finally be able to do like a true blue drama, no sort of covering it up under the guise of, of a sitcom. And you know, she nails it. She kicks it out of the park. First season. Um, first season was nine episodes, and it had this really. Now, BT really is bad at promoting their shows. I will give you that, but they did a hell of a job promoting at least a pilot um, and the first season of Being Mary Jane. They put a lot of energy behind hyping up that first episode, which was like a ninety-minute pilot. It was like a me Being Mary Jane movie, You're and. Right. The rumor mill was that if the pilot didn't do well, they would just release it as this being Mary Jane movie and and never release the other episodes. Like, that was the plan. Mm. Like, mm. we're just going to bury the rest of the show if the pilot flounders. So don't say we didn't do our work. We're going to put the the machine behind the pilot. But if the pilot flops, then the, the show 
is a flop and we're not going to do anything else. But the pilot hit really hard. Lots of people tuned in. It was very successful. And a huge buzz got behind Mary Jane, which was interesting because I believe that Scandal was still on air at the time. So it's like at the time we had these shows with these black female leads airing on TV on two different networks with these really great actresses at the same time. And the the interwebs and the social media were abuzz talking about this show. Right. At that, yeah, because Scandal was on air. And I remember Gabrielle Union, who was the star of this, was having a career like like renaissance, like resurgence. I think her name just generally being impressed. That helped. Uh, she had like a, I think, a renewed presence just in in the entertainment sphere, and um, it had. And then I will say, I distinctly remember watching the movie and being excited because it it even looked different than uh, than other BET properties before it. Um, the way it was shot, it was like a higher quality, like the way, like the direction felt like a higher quality, the picture, how it looked felt very, felt much better. It looked better. So it it, it was, you know, BET was really trying to do something. So shout out to them, I guess. Yeah. I remember watching that pilot and I was like, wait, do you, is this, is this what care looks like? (laughs) (laughs) It looks like when you guys care about your, your, your show and what, what the dialogue is and what the lighting is and what the cinematography is and Oh, the casting. Can we talk about it? Richard Roundtree and Helen Avery are like black American icons of film and television. Well, film, um, this is, I think the first time that either of them had ever been on television it was kind of a huge deal to have these people cast as the parents. So I already knew, like, BT's really invested in this one. They might actually care. And I think that made us care. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I agree. I agree. So um, the pilot is this TV movie. And we kick it off with Mary Jane. She is living in this, gor- I mean, gorgeous, gorgeous house. We start off with the sexy because <laughs> they're like we're gonna get your attention <laughs> we kick Child. it off <laughs> within oh the first God. three minutes they're like sex scene here we go let's go are you watching are you watching i mean bt knows what we came here for after all those reruns of waist deep <laughs> that they have shown us <laughs> they know what we're here for what makes a pilot good is that it shows our characters as who they are and who they have the potential to be. Because Mary Jane is someone who will never really stop being self-destructive and selfish. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> like, I'm sorry about it. That's the truth. Our girl is, is the female version of a fuckboy. You know, and not the fuckboy who's like bummy, the one who's got his life together. He's got his job together. He's got his career together. He dresses well. He's, you know, pleasing to look at. But like when it comes to his partners, he really has absolutely no empathy or consideration whatsoever. Listen, she is a fuck girl supreme and she is a fuck girl supreme like in every aspect of her fucking life. <laughs> like supreme, supreme, high notes. Okay. High notes. <laughs> like high <laughs> Like, just... In this pilot, her life is going well. 
and her her family's struggling. You know, her brother is her older brother's a recovering addict. Her mom is dealing with lupus. Her her oldest niece, Nisi, is a single mom, I believe for the second time, right? Yes. Nisi's on her time. second kid with a second with a second baby daddy. And her life is but you know, she was raised in a quote unquote good family. This old Georgia family with from good money. Her father's a doctor. They live in like a mansion. Oh, no, her, I don't, her father is like a former COO of a company he founded. They come from a good family and her parents are living up in a mansion. I, I don't think it's right. an exaggeration to say that her parents' house is like almost like a mansion. Everybody the- except her and her brother BJ are living there. A very wealthy family. And so she comes from a quote unquote good family. But you know, like I said, they've all got these problems. Her younger brother is brilliant, but he's like a dealer. So not that smart if he doesn't see the risk of being a black man who's selling dope. She's into her... Uh, early 30s, right? I believe she's 31 or 32 at this point. She feels that ticking of the clock, her career as well. She's still holding the torch for her ex, David, but she also wants to be a mother and she steals his, She, I cannot stress enough what a violation this is. She steals his sperm in this pilot episode. David, who is is the guy essentially that she thought she was going to marry and start a life with. She like takes off... <laughs> the condom and then takes a turkey baster and steals his sperm and then freezes it. I feel like we all know that this is a violation, but can we talk about how like you're not a medical professional, you don't know how to properly freeze sperm and it probably died within a day in her freezer? Of course. I I mean, that's why it's so (laughs) stupid. (laughs) Like, it's like, I remember that's why I laughed at that part. I was like, girl, what? (laughs) She steals this man's sperm because apparently um, his consent doesn't matter. It is great because it shows us who these characters are from that point. We see her boyfriend, Andre, who's played by Amari Hardwick, um, who was uh, eventually written off the show because... I mean, I don't know why, but they say he moved to a big, rich town. You can infer. Um, <laughs> this married boyfriend, let's talk about the married boyfriend and how it's it's really in this dynamic with this married boyfriend, Andre. We really see how deeply invested Mary Jane is to choosing violence <laughs> every time. Oh my time. gosh, she chooses violence every time. Every time. Every time. So she's with a married man, which is an act of violence in and of itself. Um, e- even just on an emotional level to do that to another woman. And I don't care if he tells you that his wife is horrible. You don't know that lady. Number one. Number Until two. Until she tells her. <laughs> right, right, right. Number two, she straight up tells this woman that um, she's sleeping with her husband. Um after they they meet by chance in a public place, I think it's a pet store, she tells this woman who's fawning all over her, oh, you're my favorite news anchor, that I'm sleeping with your husband. Then, um, after basically um, not asking, but strongly suggesting and coercing um, this man to leave his um, wife to be with her to prove that he really does love her, and he finally agrees to leave his wife and their two children to be with her, she's like, you know what? I'm not feeling it anymore. Yeah, she's like, don't... He's like, I blew up my life for you. And she goes, don't... She's like, don't blow up your life because your marriage sucks. Don't do it for me. Which, like, yes, but also, like, his life didn't suck. (laughs) Right. 
his life didn't suck and his marriage didn't suck. And the, the what I love about this that particular situation is that we actually get a front row seat to uh, Andre and his wife having an argument, which right. even though he's a cheating asshole, it's still a far less toxic argument than Malcolm and Marie had, but we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> um, but they're having this really vulnerable discussion with each other about how, you know, she trusted him. He's a father of her children. She loves him. She was committed to him. She essentially ruined her body to have his two big-headed babies. Um, and, um, he, and you know, she's asking, why did you do this? What did I do? And he's like, nothing. You were a perfect wife. You were a perfect mother. And it kind of shows you that, like, a man is going to cheat. And it doesn't have to be anything the woman does. If he hasn't made a choice to be faithful, then he is susceptible to cheating. Fidelity is a choice and it's not a byproduct of someone being or the wife being lacking in some way. And so I really liked that portrayal of that particular dynamic. He didn't have a bad marriage. He was just thinking with his dick. That's exactly. it. Exactly. And and something else that I love about that conversation to to put it even further is like not only did he did they not have a bad marriage, this was a woman that um and it it sort of it trickles out in the conversation that they have, but this is a woman who was from money and he wasn't, and she actively put her own aspirations on hold to make sure he had something. Because he talks about like when uh, BJ gets arrested, he like he and BJ have a conversation and it comes out that he didn't go to college or and and that he is also formally not only did he not go to college he's formally incarcerated he's also mm-hmm. somebody who's formally incarcerated and this wife that he married is also like Mary Jane from like a really good family money her parents didn't want them to be together but she you know gave him and did all the things and she built him up and she invested and she got him into these circles and, you know, helped to smooth over that extremely rough past, right? Especially when you're a Black man. And she did all the things and he still was like, <laughs> you know, girl, I just... And his and his answer was something of like, well, you know, I just don't know if, like, you really love me for me or something. Like... <laughs> Of course she loves you for you. You didn't have shit else, honey. Like I can't. No, if this has taught us anything, and honestly, one thing I love about black cinema is that it consistently tries to teach black women the lesson, this lesson. Stop building up these men. This is not build a man workshop. And I guess what makes it so egregious is that Mary Jane was about to 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 get like the best deal right which is like second wife treatment right second wife the man's already been built by a previous woman you get to profit everything she taught you get all the good without any of the bad she was about to really be up there so you don't have to support her so you can still make your alimony and child support payments (laughs) exactly (laughs) and she's just like and mary jane knowing all this information is just like she just tosses it away because you know why not why not? She's just like, boy, I did not make you, I did not put a gun to your head. I'm good. 
Yeah, I don't owe shit, actually. Um, it's so sad. Um, it reminded me, I remember watching the She's Gotta Have It series, and Jamie actually does this. Jamie Overstreet does exactly the same thing to his wife who built him up, who fixed him up, who patched him up. Now he got a little money, he got a trench coat, and he's filling himself, and he's using the money he he's making off the career his wife put him on to um to impress Nola. See how these men be? Don't do it, sis. Don't do it. Don't do it. And their relationship falls apart um, only for her to once again crawl back to a a master manipulator in his own right. (laughs) David. David is a huge manipulator. And I remember initially, like season one, really hating David and thinking she could do better than David. By the time I'd finished the series, and I'm not giving a spoiler here, this is just like my condensed opinion of Mary Jane as a person. She and David deserved each other. I mean, she, they do, because they're the same. She and David are low key the same person. (laughs) Like, high key, high key, the same person. (laughs) <laughs> and and she's so distressed and he's, she's so distressed when like David you know manipulates her but she, but she doesn't feel anything when she's manipulating other people <laughs> oh it's just like you know and and looking and re-watching the series I want I do want her and David to end up together because I'm like oh like sociopaths in love like that's so nice Right, right. I mean, here's the thing about Mary Jane is like, she's not even that great of a friend on the show. She's a terrible friend. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about the people she's friends with. There's a woman that we see on two episodes. She's like a, a, a plus size woman, a plus size model. And Mary Jane basically ruins that friendship by suggesting that this woman is jealous of her, which she's not, and being incredibly fat phobic. There is her co-anchor, Mark, who is closeted. And um, Mary Jane basically uses him as a a GBF, a gay best friend accessory. She doesn't really take interest in what's going on in his life because anytime that she calls him up or has him over to her house, it's the Mary Jane show and it's all about her problems, real or perceived. Um, There's a co-anchor, not the co-anchor, the executive producer, Lisa, who bends over backward for Mary Jane, even though she's a single mom and, um, you know, with uh, a part-time customer. Yeah, I'm sorry. I said Lisa, but Lisa's her real name. Lisa Vidal is the actress who plays Kara. Her name, yeah. Yes. Kara, who bends over backward for her, even though she is a single mom with part-time custody of two boys, goes above and beyond for Mary Jane. And later on, when when Kara actually needs her, Mary Jane drops the ball. And then, of course, there's the best friend, Lisa, her childhood Mm. best friend, who she knows is in love with David. But she and David... She and David, basically, and I don't think they even discussed this. They're just like you said, they're both um, uh, psychopaths. Um, They basically go in on gaslighting this woman about her feelings for David. Gaslighting her that it's not reciprocated, that that it's in her head, even though she had a whole affair with David at one point. Now, Lisa is mentally ill and suicidal. She's a lot like Mary Jane, highly successful in her career. She's an OBGYN. She's got her own home. She's very beautiful, although it's very clear she does, she's not as confident as Mary Jane, right? And this issue with David is a huge thing because whereas Mary Jane and David see each other as kind of like a safety school, that person that's always going to be there, mm-hmm. um, she's actually 
in love with David and she's never quite gotten over David. Um, and on top of that, we learned later, um, she was uh, molested by her mother's then boyfriend, now husband. It was never acknowledged. And she's kind of, kind of spent her life burying herself in her work and philanthropic ventures in order to get past this violation. Um, so her mom basically gaslit her like, oh, he never abused you. That never happened. And Mary Jane, till the end, never saw how her own dismissal attributed to her friend's mental illness. Like, she's just, Mary Jane's a shitty friend all around. She's not just a bad partner. She doesn't have redeeming relationships with anyone except for her parents and her brothers. And even her her familiar relationships, you can argue, are very, like, tenuous. Because um, she does a lot of things towards them that uh, it would is less than loving or something that you think of when you think of, I guess, family that you're, that you're close with or, or good with. So I think the only relationship of hers where I don't think it was the best, but it wasn't the worst. I definitely feel it's accurate given Mary Jane's, uh, accolades and education and socioeconomic class and her, the, you know, the small age gap um, between her and her niece, I would say the relationship between her and Nisi feels real to me. Yeah, it feels real, but it's still like, I mean, it's it's toxic to say the least. Sometimes, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I feel like Nisi is deeply immature. She doesn't mature for a long time despite having these kids so young and needing to step up um, to be a good mom to them, especially since the, both of their fathers are deadbeats. But I definitely think that Mary Jane... Um, can be um, belittling at times and condescending. She's very belittling and condescending towards Nisi. And I, and yeah, Nisi, although I feel bad for Nisi, Nisi's just trying, I feel like Nisi really is just trying her best. Some things that happen in this season that are interesting are, I think the biggest thing that stands out about the season is how interconnected all these people are, which is always a, and how we always find reasons to bring people back in, each other's lives, which I think is the hallmark of, like, really good writing. Like, you never want, like, new people too soon. And Mara Brock Akil, I mean, she's a dramatic writer. Like, it's so obvious from this first season. She she kills it. It's, even though you're we're frustrated with all these characters and, you know, we're like, oh my god, why is this happening? <laughs> Mary Jane, why are you doing this? Um, it's, I'm riveted. I'm riveted. Uh, the story functions in the way exactly I want it to function. And one and another part of that I hallmark of really good writing is when your writing can overcome an actor's lack of talent, which happens uh, with one particular character in this this series, and that's always really impressive to me. So um, I. I think it's really good. I do want to talk. There is one thing I want to talk about that happens this season. Um, one more like little character thing before we talk about uh, how this season ends. And that is, um, which I wish they would have sort of gone into, gone more into, but they never quite, but they just sort of let it hang in the air, which is when Nisi talks about this second child she's having by Dante. Mm -hmm. So Nisi's having, like we said, Nisi's on her, like on another child. And 
um, uh, by a Filipino boy named Dante. And her and Mary Jane are having this conversation. And Mary Jane's like, why? Why have another child? And, And Nisi says something very tragic. And she says, you know, my daughter, my child is going to have a good life. It's going to be so easy for her because she's going to have light skin and she's going to have good hair. And, and, and I, I, I made it like I did it like as like an accomplishment. It's just like super tragic. And, but the show like never just does anything with it. It just sort of hangs there and there's no, and it's not that I want a resolution, but like, I guess throughout the seasons, I wanted something to, but it never, it never gets resolved. Like you never, we never know if like Nisi still feels this way about herself or if her thinking gets changed or even if it never changes and she just sort of lives in this ideal about about herself, about her body, about what she looks like. And that sucks. Yeah, I remember that conversation. Um, One of the things I like about this show is that it does have, like, really, really brutally honest conversations like this. Um, because Raven Goodwin, like, I'm not even talking about Nisi now. I'm talking about the actress. Raven Goodwin is a really great actress. Really great actress. And I've been following her since she was a little girl. Throughout the show, we do see how Nisi is treated being a fat, dark-skinned Black woman. Even her father, um, you know, not diminishing her in any way, but points out that, like, Dante, this Filipino boy, is only messing with you um, because he wants to get Black girls because he wants to feel more Black. (laughs) Um, Mm. It's it's one of those situations where I can understand why she would have that mentality of, quote-unquote, I made it, because she knows what she looks like, and she lives in the South. And Nisi knows how other people see her. And I think this is, it's really imperative to try to differentiate the two because I think that by the end of the episode, end of the season, excuse me, when Nisi's running her own business and she's got her life in order and she's managing her children on her own and she's not depending on her family anymore and she's like really on her own feet, her view of herself has changed. But I think it's it's real to acknowledge that even if you see yourself very highly, that might not be the way that the outside world sees you. She already sees from Patrick's second daughter, the the kid, the girl he had with the white woman, how differently a biracial girl gets treated, right? Right. So she's already knows, like, listen, I already know like people, people would treat me better if I look different. And this child is gonna look different. I think the fact that she's a dark-skinned mother acknowledging that this light-skinned child is going to have enormous privileges that she doesn't have, even though she grew up in a very wealthy home, is real. It's so real because people want to pretend like, oh, no, it's not colorism. It's fat phobia. It's not colorism. It's classism. No, it's colorism. And colorism can exist on its own. Right. It's colorism. It's, and and I mean, it's, and then for her, it's also the intersection of those things because it's, it's colorism, it's fat phobia. I think the Nisi character, despite, you know, um, you know, maybe her poor image of herself is probably one of the more self-aware characters on the show for a long time. 
I agree with that. Yeah. Like, because a lot of these characters on the show, especially our protagonist, really lives in her own head. She really doesn't see herself from the outside perspective at all. Right. <laughs> like, right. Mary Jane, a lot of Mary Jane's personality is deeply narcissistic. Um, but we'll talk about that later. What are your thoughts on season one? Good, bad, or basic? Season one is great. It's so good. <laughs> like, even though I can't. <laughs> um... It's like a car wreck. You really can't look away. <laughs> I can't look away, but it's so good. There's so many things I like. It, it's good. And we end the season, by the way, with David confronting Mary Jane about the sperm. <laughs> That's right, our season right. finale. But it's uh, it's good. I love it. It's great. It's I was like, oh my gosh, like this is what I want. All these black people making horrible choices, being like, t- like, t- like. And it's all super dramatic on my screen. Give me more. Inject it into my veins, honestly. Right. And I believe uh, there was another failed suicide attempt by her friend Lisa in this season, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So like I said, Lisa's mental health is declining rapidly and was never really that great to begin with. And that becomes a huge issue in season two and three. So let's talk about season two. The show showed up and showed out. And so yes. they gave them 12 more episodes. They gave them a t- a three more episodes. They have a 12-episode run for season two. And, you know, Mary, De- Andre is gone. David is gone. Mary Jane is like, I'm focusing on my work, my family, my mm-hmm. friends. But she low-key, like, half-asses family and friends often. She does, often. Um, And then, you know, when she tries to backslide yet again with David... Lo and behold, David's new girlfriend is pregnant. And of course, Mary Jane is feeling some type of way. She does. She like has like a big sort of, and she has like a, she doesn't have a breakdown, but she is flipping out because then he's like, oh, you know, and David in true sociopathic fashion is like, she's pregnant, but like, I don't love her. I realize it's always been you. Like, (laughs) child, he really tried to pull a Christopher. Um, Christopher Hayden, Gilmore Girls. Yeah, that's that same script. Um, honestly, no, but I don't think Christopher was a sociopath. He was just a deadbeat. David is in fact a sociopath. He probably would have provided for that child. He would have provided for that child. I believe that. But like David is like really like fucked up. Um, David is fucked up because they have a, in season two, they have this conversation where they're fighting about. They're fighting. I don't know. They're all like every time David and Mary Jane get on the screen, they are they are about to fight, but they're fighting about something. And she's talking about how and Mary Jane is talking about how like it was always supposed to be. I think this was like when she finds out about the pregnancy, actually. Mary Jane talking about it's supposed to be me like I was supposed to be the one that was like going to be the mother of your child. And and um, I was supposed to be the one that you married like. Remember, and and Mary Jane talks about, she goes, remember when you were just starting off your business and you slept on your couch and you were sleeping on my couch and I cooked all these meals for you and I encouraged you and I built you and I did all these things for you and you took it from me, you took it from me. And he go, and she goes, why did you do that if you knew that you were never going to like whatever? And he goes, why would I stop a woman from loving me? 
Right. And I mean, honestly, like, okay, I know we've been calling David a sociopath for a while now, but even if you're not a sociopath, you have to be like next level self-destructive to look love and care in the eye and just spit in it. Like who's no man's going to say no to that. But I guess it's like saying yes when you know that you're not going to, like, you know that you're never going to feel. But then that's, I guess that's the thing. Like, I I guess he didn't know then that he was never going to. Like, because he sort of felt it, I guess. Right. And I think we need to have a conversation about empathy. Empathy is taught. And a lot of men are not taught empathy. Honestly, a lot of men are not even taught love. Um, I read in a in a book once that, like, men learn to love the people they're attracted to and women become more attracted to the people we love. And if that don't really sum up a lot of heterosexual relationships, I don't know what does. Um, Because you could do everything for a man if he's not really trying to be with you or he's not feeling you in that way. It doesn't mean anything to him. He'll be like, okay, thanks, girl. Thanks for the food. Thanks for the couch. Thanks for the sex. Thanks for letting me borrow your car. (laughs) but it doesn't mean anything to him and mary jane of all people throwing this in his face was was honestly like rocked me because you had a man who had a legal commitment to another woman um you know trying to cater to you and it didn't mean anything to you right like the the complete lack of self-awareness in that situation was wild to me because I don't see Mary Jane, um, and like if roles were reversed with her and David, I don't see her acting any differently. Right, which is why, like I said, they deserve each other. And <laughs> they so do. They so do. And so he, so so that's that's what's happening. Um, but Mary Jane, because she's Mary Jane, uh, and because Mary Jane is the problem, and not these men. Honestly, to be honest with you, there is like a new suit. She finds a new suitor this season in. Sheldon, aka the old guy. <laughs> is it is that the guy that made her sleep in a separate bedroom? He didn't make her sleep in a separate bedroom, but they do have this thing of like where he's like, we would have separate like houses if we ever got together for serious. Which honestly, I didn't hate. I didn't. Oh yeah, and he's like the biphasic sleeper. Like he sleeps four hours in the afternoon. And yeah, he's like, at night. Yeah. And he uses a new toothbrush every night. Okay, the yeah. dude is a little bit neurotic, but I think he was good for her because the thing is, she had the opposite of him. She had the opposite of him and Andre, the guy who wanted to be up under her and be around her all the time and da 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 da, da and You didn't want it. Now you have the opposite and you don't want it. And here's the thing, like, I actually think Sheldon, aka the old guy, was, like, the best choice for her because... Here's the thing. Mary Jane keeps talking about she wants to get married. She wants these kids. But there's nothing that she does in her life. And there's nothing that, like, is indicative of actually wanting those things. You know what I mean? Like Right, right. Because you are oh, a very successful woman in your 30s. You look really good. You've got your own home. Your credit score is probably mad high. Um, so why aren't you actively dating? You keep letting these relationships happen to you. And then when you get them, you stick around for a pretty long time, even when you know you're not feeling the person anymore. Right. And then also she just doesn't, she's not, 
you know, her family doesn't, and, and it's those things, but it's also other things that like, I would think that a person who wanted these things would invite into their life. Like, like when Nisi and her kids come to stay with her, she's like, ah, like she does it, but it's also like, it totally is aggravating her. She, she's freaking out about like the silk sheets. If a man is at her place, like too long, she's like, uh, uh, get out. Like, you know, whereas it's like, you know, you have this niece who has lots of children. You say you want children. Then don't you make like the children that are adjacent to you, like a part of your life in a meaningful way. Like, you know what I mean? Like Deja isn't part of her life. Like, it's not like she draw. It's not like she's like a regular part of Deja's life. And she calls Deja and, you know, maybe takes her to basketball practice and like picks her up and lets her stay. Like when everything blows up with, um, Deja's father and like that white woman, like, and then him sort of relapsing. It's Mary Jane's grandfather who takes Deja. It's not Mary Jane's grandfather, but it's Mary Jane's father who takes Deja in versus like her, you know, who at least her, like Mary Jane is a bit more sympathetic to the plight of her brother. Why not? And Mary Jane absolutely has the means to like raise a child while her brother's sort of re getting clean why not? And she doesn't. So like, I don't, so she claims she wants these things, but there's nothing there. She doesn't make choices that indicate to me that she actually wants those things. I mean, I get her not taking in Deja because then that would be, she would basically be the, the, the guardian at that point, And you can't actively date while you're parenting your niece. Right. But she like, you, you're right. She doesn't take an active interest in the kid's life. I don't think Mary Jane ever went to one of Deja's basketball games. Um, I mean, she shows up for birthday parties, uh, christenings, and that's about it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's uh, done. And like, you know, she's got two, she's a great aunt to Nisi's children. Now it wasn't her taking Nisi's children in. That was a very different situation. Nisi came with her children, right? So your niece needs a place to stay. You're not going to be actively parenting her kid. You're just providing her with shelter and food, right? And like you said, she did seem very, very irritated. And that did cause like a fracture in her and Nisi's relationship. You're telling this girl to do all of these things, but when she needs support and she needs resources, you're treating her like a burden. Right. And then it's, and then it's also like when she was dating Andre, Andre was, you know, she knew that she was on the road to being second wife and she never talked about those children once, but she would talk about her and Andre's like potential kids. Like, so there's no, like you, I mean, you knew she had a big family. She don't care about them people. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's like you, I hope, I mean, so it's like you become a parent because like, you know, you have children because like, you want to parent, I assume. I assume. I'm sure that people have children for lots of different reasons, but hopefully if like we're taking her at face value, she's doing it because she wants to be a parent. But here you have all these children in your life that are close to you that you can not practice on, but like, you know, be a be a parental figure and she rejects it. She rejects right. it at every turn. So when she blows up at Sheldon of like, you don't want kids. I'm like, bitch, like you do you 
Honestly, like be real with yourself. Right. Um, I think it's so weird when people say, I really want a child. I really want a child, but they kind of, they're very ambivalent or sometimes downright hateful around other people's kids. Um, I, I side eye that. Yes. I'm judging you. Um, <laughs> um, this season was interesting though. Cause like you said, season one didn't introduce too many people too soon, but in season two, we do meet Travion. Um, that's Nisi's oldest child, her son. Um, we meet his father, who's played by Kyle Massey. You guys remember him from That's So Raven? He Raven was Raven's brother, Corey. I thought the casting was so great. Like, again, he's another one who I've been following his career for a long time. He's a really great actor. I really wish it would give these kids more roles. Cast more dark-skinned children. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Um, but Kyle Massey plays her ex. And he's a lot like Dante in the sense that he feels that because he has a child with Nisi that he can just come in and out of her life however he wants. And that because he is a man, um, it's not really his job to stick around and raise his kids. And any excuse is a good enough excuse for basically abandoning his son. Right. Exactly. Like, it's 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 tragic. I mean, the thing is, Nisi's baby daddies, despite being two different men, are essentially the same man. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad but they're the same type of personality the season's really great we obviously things with sheldon do not go well um mostly because sheldon's a grown-up and mary jane is not <laughs> and <laughs> pretty much uh, pretty much and she sort of is once again backsliding into this david situation once again Kara's marriage completely implodes even more so this season. She was married like in first season and her marriage is on the rocks. And this season it completely uh, blows up and she is now dealing with the guilt of being a single mom. And actually Kara is really, really interesting this season because um, she has a... When she's trying to parent her children, um, she actually has this breakdown and she... And it's, like, the first time Mary Jane, like, ever helps her with, like, anything. Mm. Um, uh, But she has this breakdown and in the breakdown, she basically admits, like, I did not want these children. Like, Mm -hmm. and I don't really want them. Um, and it's not in like a, and I really like it and shout out to Lisa Vidal, who is the actress. Cause it's such a, it's a really hard thing to play and to come across. Uh, but she really does it super well and, um, she does it really well. And, and the dialogue is just so that it can be communicated without it actually being communicated. And she, she just is like my but she basically admits that like her ambition for her job is is a- absolutely outweighs her desire to parent um and right. she doesn't really know what to do with that on a moral level right i mean first of all lisa vidal let's talk about it she's another actress uh so she's a latina but she's another one that i also feel is not cast enough even in in roles for latinas um the what I love about being Mary Jane is that it just casts a lot of really strong actors. Um, but this particular storyline in mind, K 
Tara was married for, I think, like 15 years to her husband, but she was never really there, right? Right. Um, she was, there was a lot of role reversal, like, you know, the traditional uh, husband and wife roles were reversed in their marriage considerably. She was the workaholic. She was always late to dinner. She was always missing anniversaries and birthdays, right? Right. And then when they get divorced, he seeks out full custody. And for no other reason than her ego, she wants custody too. But when she has this breakdown and she admits, listen, I really didn't want these children, she makes peace with the fact that her husband is going to be the primary guardian of her children. And she makes peace with having visitation because ultimately that is what she really wants. She loves her children, yes, but she didn't want to be a parent. And I think that is really hard for people to admit, especially mothers, because we put a lot of pressure on women to mother, even to children that are not their children, right? Right. Um, so when you say that I wasn't even really here for my own children, it's not just seen as a failing as a parent, but a failing as a person, as a woman. Right. It's a it's a moral, <laughs> like human failure, which is which is a lot to 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 put on somebody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. But when her husband or her ex-husband at this point gets full custody, we know it's the right thing and she does too. Right. And she does. She ultimately, she makes peace with it. And she's, and she's happier. She's happier. Honestly. <laughs> like, listen, can the Kara character really blooms in season two. And I feel like she keeps making forward progress. A lot of times, honestly, I wish a story would lean into her. I know why they don't. And ultimately, I'm glad that they didn't because this is a show about a black woman. But a lot of times, Mary Jane is like high key aggravating. <laughs> and I just want to know what Kara's doing. Same. I I also would have liked. I wouldn't have mind if they leaned into Kara, but I but I once again like you ultimately understand why they don't. Um, yeah. So season two, season two ends with uh, Mary Jane um, getting a a promotion. Um, basically, Serena Vander Woodson's mom gets fired. And <laughs> uh, from her job at SNC, and Mary Jane is promoted. Mary Jane, Mary Jane is promoted uh, to her position, and she and the old guy break up. Which honestly, they have the dumbest like breakup conversation. She she breaks up with the old guy, and she gets in the car to drive to David because she's once again going to tell David that it is, that she loves him and it's them. And like, oh my God. Right, because when on the best day of your career, let's make things complicated with your uh, soon-to-be father, ex-boyfriend. Yes, let's do that. Let's do that. But but during this car ride, um, Lisa... Lisa, the character Lisa, Mary Jane's friend, very, uh, in a really slick way, while she and David are having, because David comes over to her house, and she and David are having a conversation, and in a really slick fashion, Lisa dials the phone, uh, dials Mary Jane's number, so that Mary Jane can hear the conversation that they're having. Right, like, bitch, guess what? I'm not crazy. David and I (laughs) fucked. Right. <laughs> and although although David is ridiculous, David's like oral sex is not sex. Mm. She's like that's he's like, yeah, that's that like spoiler alert. Yes it is. Yes it is. <laughs> and 
Which, but although, sweetheart, if you, like, all you did was just blow him a bunch and you didn't even, like, shit, like, love yourself. I want you to love yourself, Lisa. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I can't. about Lisa's self-esteem, because we is thin, light-skinned, educated, and moneyed. People, not her, not, when I talk about, not the way that, oh, I know other people see me bad. No, people see Lisa very well. People hold her in high regard. People think she's pretty. People think she's educated. People think she's worthy. She doesn't see herself that way. Right. And and this is where privilege goes wrong. Privilege minus self-esteem and self-worth is wasted. Is wa- it's so wasted. And so um she so Lisa and uh David have this conversation and they're like and Lisa says, I love you, I love you. And he's like, I never loved you. But what is admitted is that they they did have sex. And Mary Jane hears this entire conversation in the car. And so she's so, Mary Jane is so, like, struck by, like, the emotional weight of, like, what's happening. Because, like I said, she's going to David's house now to profess her love. Because... Previously, David had had already professed his, but she was like, get the fuck out because, like, you're having a baby with some other woman. So she, so in her, to MJ's mind, she had the power in this situation, now realizing that she didn't. And she gets into a horrible car crash, really devastating, devastating uh, car crash uh, that disfigures her face as she's just gotten this news anchor promotion. And that is how we end season two. Oh, child. Have we mentioned that David is trash? Yeah. Um. Anyway, <laughs> season two, good, bad, or basic? <laughs> it's good. It's another really good season. Very strong, very strong season. I'm not going to lie. Season two is probably my favorite season of being Mary Jane. I think it's very good, too. I think the buildup, the addition of the characters was done just right. I think the dialogue became even better. Chemistry between the characters has always been good. Um, And this Lisa, David, Mary Jane storyline needed to be wrapped up. It had been dragging on since their college days, so it needed to be something catastrophic. And they really delivered. (laughs) Mar Rocka Kill always delivers the drama. So I'm going to give this season a great same it's just good it's really it's a really well-written season um the the characters are all progressing in ways that make sense that feel correct um and like i said i'm i'm riveted i'm riveted by the mess it's so good uh i'm i'm so i'm so i'm so like and like you said it all needed to be wrapped up and it finally is in in that season two finale also we didn't talk about him much, but shout out to Mary Jane's like little sex friend, not little, like shout out to Mary Jane's sex friend, um, who is this like dark skinned black male NFL player who mm. was way too good for her. <laughs> way, way too good for her. That's 90% of the men she deals with. Get specific. <laughs> He was, like, very sweet and very, like, emotionally mature and very honest. And he didn't, like, play any game. Even though she does. And Mary Jane does her classic, like, I'm going to, like, do crazy shit to to try to, you know, mind fuck you. And he's just... And at one point, he's just like, listen, 
I like you. Well, he's like, he's like, we don't have to play games. I'm, I'm, I'm falling in love with you. I, I have more if you want to be more and I'd like to be with you. And she's just like, and she's so put off by it. Like, which is like, I think speaking to the toxicity of who she is as a person. Right. She's like, wait, so you're not just a human vibrator. Right. She's like, you mean like people express their feelings in like emotionally mature ways and like at face value. And I don't have to like mind manipulate you into doing something else. That's she's like, that's strange. She's like, I hate that for you. And that's why I hope he went on to find like a really, really nice girl, uh, to, to love him because he deserves, that's all I'm saying. Uh, so season three, season three, we pick up right at the aftermath of this car crash. Shout out to makeup to the makeup department because her face looks fucked up. Like I am totally yeah. scared. I was like, I knew they were going to fix this show because she like it's not like she's discontent with her career she wants to be a news anchor we're not going to make our protagonist completely miserable only white writers do that <clears throat> so i knew they were going to fix her face eventually <laughs> but man this makeup job is extreme she looks completely messed up david and lisa are feeling mad guilty and there's another person involved in the crash cc who is played by um loretta devine as a stud and i like it same it's ever a lot didn't know i needed it's epic i, I like it so much it's actually my favorite loretta devine performance ever i really feel like she should lean into this says lean into it it's so good yeah yeah it's oh. so so good but anyways um She's about to make a, a quick little buck off of this um, because Mary Jane is at fault in the accident. She was right. distracted from this phone conversation and she was the most injured party, but she is at fault and there's no changing that. Um, and right after this accident, um, two, you know, two episodes later, Lisa uh, attempts suicide again. And this time she's successful, unfortunately. Right. So sad. she's mad at her over the whole David thing. And I'm not sure why she's mad at her because Lisa was clearly being used in this situation. But this is her oldest friend. Um, I'm not sure how great of a friend Mary Jane was to her, but Lisa was all, had always been there for Mary Jane. Um, and who Lisa's funeral might be one of the few times where Mary Jane, like... It, you know, Lisa's funeral is probably the nicest thing that Mary Jane had ever done for Lisa, and poor thing wasn't even alive to witness it. Yeah. Um, and sh- the episode is called uh, Sparrow. Uh, shout out to the episode. Shout out to the actress who plays Lisa. It's so good. Um, so well written. Um, really devastating. Uh yeah. But but brilliant intro. I, intro. I mean, we the first three minutes uh, is in complete silence, and we just see Lisa. She has this gorgeous uh, charcuterie. I can never say it charcuterie. Yeah, uh, charcuterie board um, that she's eating from, uh, and a really beautiful glass of wine, and like it's. We think, honestly, she's just sort of having, like, a really nice self-care night, right? Uh, that's what makes it brilliant and, and wholly devastating. You know, she she's eating this 
She's eating from this gorgeous, very meticulously laid out charcuterie board. She's drinking really like nice wine. She takes this lovely hot bath and then she puts on this gorgeous, gorgeous, um, uh, like negligee, like silk. It looks silk and it's very pretty. And then we realize what it's all for. It's, uh, to usher in her death. And it's so, it's like a, it's definitely like a, a slap to the face in, in, in a great way as a viewer. Wonderful. I feel like Lisa's a Taurus because I feel like that's how, if, if I had suicidal ideation, that's how I would want to go out in luxury. In luxury in pure, just like unadulterated luxury. I feel that that's a vibe. But, like, um, her stepfather, who is played by Richard Lawson, um, is someone who, like, Mary Jane... And Mary Jane was the only person who knew about Lisa's abuse. Um, The only person she'd ever told. And it's a secret that Mary Jane held all those years. A part of me feels like David might have gleaned it and uh, take advantage of it um, when he was, you know, using Lisa for sexual favors. Um, but no one ever knew that her stepfather um, had, uh, you know, sexually abused her all those years. Her mom was still in denial about it. And, you know, Mary Jane didn't just confront her abuser. She named and shamed that man um, in a room full of people. And it was deserved. It was deserved. Um, and it was honestly the only thing she could do for Lisa at that point, where maybe hopefully her friend can now rest in peace because she put Lisa through a lot and David put Lisa through a lot and Lisa's stepfather and her mother put her through a lot. That woman's been suffering for a long time. Um, the emphasis on mental health in this season, um, and how, uh, Lisa had all these things, but she really did not have the type of mental and emotional support she needed. I feel was such uh, a necessary storyline. Right. And it's, it's interesting that she needed all this help and she was, but instead she was often the one that was providing it right. Um, Mm -hmm. to their cert to Mary Jane, also to their circle of friends and, and to the people around her really just hoping that if she gave, then inevitably something would come back, but, but it didn't. And that's what makes this, really beautiful writing, really tragic writing, and really anxious for me to see Mara Brock Akil just, I mean, helm more dramas, because, like, she was born to do this. Like, it's just so, it's very poetic, but but devastating. It's, uh, it's really, really interesting. Um, this season, a lot of people's lives get better and worse. Um, uh, Mary Jane's older brother, Patrick, is definitely getting his life in order, but Nisi seems to be devolving. And by the end of the season, she has a really bad run with the police. She is a victim of police brutality. And I also love that the show did this because they could have easily shown us Patrick or um, PJ, uh, Mary Jane's little brother, or even her father, right, as the victim. We don't talk enough about how Black women especially those who look like Nisi, are subject to just as much police brutality as black men. Absolutely. And like, you know, the the names are there, but they but they and but they often get swept under the rug, yes. 
Um, but yeah, she has this run in with police because she's kind of she's doing that thing that a lot of young mothers do. She thinks she can juggle being a mother and living her best young, tw- you know, 20 something life. And unfortunately, you can't. Right. And not when you're si- not what not as a single mom, especially. Um, and um, she gets caught up. And this 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 uh, its interaction with the police is absolutely not her fault. It's not her fault. But. It, when it happens in the subsequent season, we see how it reevaluates and shifts Nisi's mindset in a much needed way. Right. Um, also, other something other something else that happens this season uh, is that Mark, who is uh, Mary Jane's friend, um, comes out. He publicly comes out um, uh, as a gay man, but is then subsequently hindered from doing the the journalism work that he wants to do uh, because they would rather him sort of speak on gay issues, even though that's not something that he is particularly interested in, as he like would prefer to be like a war correspondent. Um, and we in the show explores this ideal of what is your responsibility to your community and uh, the responsibility to yourself to fulfill the things you actually want to do and the ways that um, marginalized people can be hindered at times because of just preconceived notions about their identities. Yeah. And I mean, this is the last season we see Mark, which was upsetting because I really felt like his his character, even though he had some like high notes, was still underutilized or underdeveloped yeah, for my I liking. With, I agree with that. So yeah, so and then like you said, the season ends with with this end on on Nisi suffering this this huge hit of police brutality. So so yes, and that's how season three ends. Season three for me is a weaker season. Yeah. I think that the, the season reaches its high note at Lisa's funeral, which is only three episodes in. Right. And um, granted, I love being Kara. Being Kara is like a great episode because it's it's an episode that's mostly dedicated to to Kara and her home life and, and that. And it's it's really great. Um, I do like the relationship that develops between this sort of strange relationship that develops between CC and Mary Jane, even though Cece's extorting Mary Jane, they they end up having this strange quasi friendship with each other. But I, but then I also hate like the obligatory like Mary Jane fucks a white man. That's dumb. I hated it. It was stupid. Um, and I didn't particularly like the sidelining of Mark. It is what it is. Right. Um, I feel like the season closer. Well, the season opener, the season closer, and um, uh, um, episode three, Sparrow, and um, like you said, uh, being being Kara, were like the four highlights of an otherwise um, lukewarm season for me. Um, I also enjoyed episode five, Hot Seat, where we get to meet Nisi's mother, um, Patrick's ex, who was played by Jill Scott. That was a cute episode as well. We got to see what, what she does. And, you know, she's trying 
to push her daughter into that similar career, doing hair, doing makeup, basically trying to make Nisi um, more self-sufficient. But she was she's sort of kind of an absentee parent. Nisi didn't really have a mother figure outside of her grandmother. So um, these dynamics, I feel, even though they don't really directly tell us about the Nisi character, they indirectly tell us a lot about that character. Um, so I enjoy these episodes, but like I said, I, f- I agree with you that this is a weaker season. This is probably my least favorite season. <laughs> right. Same, same. So, so it's interesting before we, well, bef- well, give me your grade on this season before we, we launch into the dramatics of season four. Oof. Uh, season three is basic plus for me. What about you? Yeah, I'll give it that. It's a basic plus. Yeah, it had it had highlights, but like it's you know it's like a buying an uh an album and there's like two bangers and the rest are like forgettable. Yeah, that is exactly <laughs> what it's like. Um, okay, so at the end of season three, uh, Mara Brock Akil exits uh, as showrunner. She's uh, she's been the creator and showrunner for the the three seasons, and she leaves. Um, Gabrielle Union sues BET. <laughs> yeah. uh, Gabrielle Union sues BET because they they basically try to play her. And I, uh, I think she exits to go do, I want to say Black Lightning on the CW. But uh, also, I think it is in, in, it's also somewhat unrelated to this. So Gabrielle Union sues the shit out of BET. Because BET, like we said, this is... This is sort of this the success of this show is unprecedented for the network. It's the number one show. It's highly rated. People are watching it. It's very good. Uh, I like we said, it's it's very strong, strongly written series. And so BET is like, oh yeah, like we're just gonna bump it up to 20 episodes, but like we're not gonna pay you for a 20 episode season. And then we're also going back on this contract that we originally made that we would never go above 12 episodes in the first place and gabrielle union is like wait stop <laughs> right because episode season four is 20 episodes they do a 10 a 10 10 split so it's like a mid-season finale and then they come back with 10 more episodes right Gabrielle Union had never agreed to anything of like that in her contract and so she sues the shit out of bet and that's why when this is originally that's why the show, I think the season, when it was airing, it was delayed. It was delayed for a really long time um, because they were having to fight out this legal battle. Um, and once it's, and I think, and I don't think they ever, it's settled out of court, so we don't know what happens. And I think, um, shout out to Gabrielle Union, she's really not, I think I I remember Gabrielle Union saying something about like she she really appreciated the fans of the show. So mm-hmm. like she did it for us, y'all. <laughs> but like based but We BET appreciate really, you, Queen. We appreciate you. But BET tried to fucking play her. See, why? Like, this is why they can't have nice things. Ever. Ever. Um, you know, they're a lot like Mary Jane that way. Um <laughs> Yeah, just be self-destructive for no reason. Um, for no reason. <laughs> but we come back with season four and um, new showrunner, and you can feel it because it feels like a completely different show. 
Yeah, I think honestly, even the cinematography in was jarring in a yes. lot of ways. Um, yes. I think the set scenes were done the same, but the rest of the cinematography is, is vastly different. Right. It, no, and it's really jarring. Um, and it was off-putting. I'm not going to lie. I got really used to how beautifully shot even the most difficult conversations were in the previous three seasons. Um, Mary Jane is in New York now. And uh, Kara, being a down-ass bitch, went with her to be her producer the, over there. Um, we right. love Kara. She's a real one. Um, but no, like, truly, really and truly... Mary Jane in New York is probably the worst iteration of Mary Jane. It's not just that the show, um, like, diminishes in quality. She continues to diminish as a person. (laughs) Yeah, I hate this. And, like, I don't want to, like, because shout out to the girl, like, I guess shout out to... But it shout out to the showrunner, but like it also feels like the showrunner like didn't even bother watching the previous seasons. Yeah, it really did feel that way. Um, or not that they didn't watch, but that they just simply didn't care. Care like they're like oh, (laughs) which is worse, (laughs) which is worse because it's like you get that this is a show that was had three seasons before it, and it's. It's strange because I think about our conversation that we had with Sarah, who talks about how, like, when she was showrunning Supernatural, all she, like, wanted to do was to make sure that, like, um, there was, like, congruency. There was, like, meld. And that it all, like, so, like, the fan... This person was just like, fuck that shit. <laughs> like, Pretty much. They're like, oh, it's my show now. Hey, guess who's at the helm? Um, But this is actually what y'all were doing. Um, uh, It's like, you know, same characters, brand new show. The only character who remains consistent um, besides uh, Mary Jane is Kara. A lot of people act out of character in this season, and we're going to talk about it in a minute. Um, Mm -hmm. So this season, a lot of people do some foul shit. Mary Jane meets this comedian and he's not just like, ah, I do stand up, but like, he's got a hustle. He's got ambition and he's on the come up. Um, this, uh, English, uh, black British, uh, comedian named Lee. Um, they hook up on the first night, which is usually a recipe for disaster, but he's actually a good guy. And he's like 10 toes down for her. He's really all about her and he meets her family and they bond and everyone's hitting it off and they're all loved up. So, you know, Mary Jane's got to ruin it, right? (laughs) Lee is absolutely way too good for her. He's another one. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Of all the boyfriends and I'm including Sheldon because yes, Sheldon, was an adult, but he was also deeply neurotic and that wasn't going to be sustainable long-term. I feel like Lee is that guy. Lee is to Mary Jane what Aiden was to Carrie, to put it in perspective for y'all. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Like, he was too good for her. He was too good for this world. Um, Honestly, we knew, I knew she was going to mess it up, but how she messed it up was sickening. She decides to cheat on him with her 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 working rival, who's always got, um trying to t- take her down a peg, and always trying to uh, kill her vibe. Justin, not just killing her, actively trying to sabotage her career. Yeah, like Justin is another like straight up sociopath who actively is trying to get her fired, trying to get her, like, diminished at work, 
trying to sabotage the career that she's trying to build. And, um, and, and it's, it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. It's nuts. It is. It is. Um, and now mind you, I did see the sexual tension between them from jump. They did do a good job of spelling that out. Like I saw the sexual, uh, the sexual undertones beneath their little bickers and debates. And even Kara saw it and she remarked on it a couple times, but when she fucks Justin, she doesn't just fuck over Lee. She also fucks over Kara because now that she's sleeping with him, she thinks it's okay to be disloyal to her best friend and producer. Right. Right. Okay. When that happens, I was like, I was, I was speechless. I was just shocked. I, I knew MJ was trash, but I didn't know she could be so trash. Like, like they can't be that good, sis. It's not. It's not betray my friends good. It's never that serious. And I and and another part is just like MJ, of all these men, all all the men, all the men, Mary Jane, and who has always been down like who? Like, do you have no fucking loyalty? <laughs> like, and that's what Kara and shout out and when and when it happens, that's what Kara says too. She's like, You don't have you have no loyalty? Um because it's just so foul. It really is so foul. And because, like, the betrayal isn't even just, like, Kara gets diminished. Like, Kara, like, loses her job. Kara, well, yeah, like, doesn't she make her co-produce? Like, oh, you and Justin can be co-producers. I'm like, yes, take away half her income in New York City. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. She, like... <laughs> Kara gets fired, and luckily, because Kara's like a real ass bitch, and she's gonna do whatever the fuck she has to do. She by that time she had already was she was regularly hooking up with the the sock the the soccer player, the baseball player, base yeah that's that's right because he's a soccer player on Jane the Virgin. My bad. Um, <laughs> he just be playing all the sports. Um, she hooks up with the baseball player. And she uses that to like rally to keep her 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 position like to at least keep something on the fire. But like, oh god, it is it's vile. It's vile. And I know it might sound weird in that context, but let's be very clear: Kara's not using that man. She actually cares about him deeply. She doesn't use people. <laughs> I just want to put right. that out there. She's just leveraging a connection. Right, right. Um, but yeah, Mary Jane did Kara grimy. She did Lee grimy. Um, and um, she doesn't want to be loved. Um, Nisi this season um, gets caught up, but finally um, comes upon a really ingenious solution to not only put some money in her pocket, but also help other single mothers who maybe can't afford car seats mm-hmm. um, for their children. And so... She realizes, like, not only can I do this, I'm good at this, and I, like, have a real knack for, you know, this small business entrepreneurship thing. So she starts leveling up, and that's probably, like, the only upside of season one. Um, Season one, we find out that um, Paul's Pauletta, Mary Jane's oldest brother, Patrick, is not their father's biological son, which I always thought was like really weird that he would name his youngest son and not his oldest son, Paul Jr. But then we see why Patrick's not his son. And um, Helen was pregnant by another man when he married her and he was aware of this. But then in this season, 
after all their years together, after how he was down for her and he took care of her and he loved her, Mary Jane's mom goes and cheats on her father with this deadbeat ex-boyfriend. What? What? That don't even make... Actually, I mean, her... I see where Mary Jane gets it from, but it doesn't make any sense in the context of who Helen Patterson is. She's not portrayed to be this person previously. And this is like when, and stuff like, and it's little things like that, like that particular storyline. Also, I mean, just the general feel of the show, um, because we're talking about these side characters now, but it takes a while for Nisi and Patrick and, and PJ to show up this season um it's stuff like that that makes it so clear that i don't like i that there was just no um real desire to make this show feel continuous with the with the new with the new showrunner and the new show and the new writers right they really didn't care about these side characters anymore and as we have said in regards to the first three seasons, these characters really made the show more interesting. They made the show well-rounded because even though Mary Jane is a complex character um, and an intriguing character, watching her alone is deeply exhausting. Right. And it, and in these first three seasons, I mean, particularly the first two, it almost, it's almost an ensemble drama. Almost. You're, we're really close to it. Um, because PJ, not PJ, BJ, Patrick and Nisi all have their own, and and Helen and and Richard Drontree, Mary Jane Sad, have their own self-contained storylines and things that they're doing, and we follow up on them and we and we see them and see how those things inevitably tie it back into our lead, and this show is just not. I mean, not this show, but this season. I mean, I say maybe this show isn't too far off because it really does feel like a different show. Um, This season sort of drops all of that. Yeah, like I said, I do see some evolution with the um, PJ, uh, Paul Jr., um, and the Nisi characters, but they don't get enough screen time. The Patrick and Helen characters are devolving. Um, Patrick is struggling with his sobriety at this point and Helen is struggling with fidelity and her husband's not having it. Paul put her out y'all. She right. he packed those bags and he's, she's like, please don't leave me. He's like, Oh, I'm not going anywhere, but you gotta go. <laughs> um, that didn't get enough screen time either. And um, then it's magically patched up by like the time we get to the closer to the finale. It's just magically yeah, over. That- that was weird. We didn't get any breakthrough. We didn't get any any real resolution on that. Oh, and um, Patrick's uh, youngest daughter, Deja, she might not even exist in this fourth season. I don't even remember her. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is more of Mary Jane saying she wants one thing, not really wanting that thing. Um, and... Um, looking a gift horse in the mouth and spitting it in the eye and um, generally being a disloyal, self-destructive, unfaithful, um, and really not being the person who deserves the type of relationship she says that she wants. Right. No, exactly. So what do we think of season four? Good, bad, or basic? 
Uh, it's not. It's just basic. Like, I mean, it's fine. It's just that it's it's a different show. Like, I I feel like I almost can't judge it on its own merits. The season ends, by the way, with uh, I guess like Mary Jane and um, his name is not Kevin. Michael Ely's character, Justin. Yeah, something something equally inane. Uh, it ends with uh, Mary Jane and Justin breaking up because Mary Jane at least writes her wrong and makes it so that Kara becomes executive producer at Great Day USA instead of Justin because the final vote lies with her. And then, um, and then, yeah, that's it. But yeah, it's basic. I don't know. It feels like a whole different show. Yeah, but he does come and propose to her at the end. Um, he goes, he comes to, he comes to propose to her anyway, and then she drops that bomb, right? Yeah, that she's ego prego. Yeah, she's like, I'm pregnant. So let's talk about season five. Before we get into season five, and I use the word season loosely, it's literally one episode. They started with a being Mary Jane movie, and they ended with End a with being a Mary Jane movie. Jane movie, yeah. <laughs> It's one episode, okay? It's a movie. It's like, I think like an hour and 45 minutes, maybe an hour and 30 minutes, um, where we rush through um, Mary Jane's pregnancy. Like, we jump in on, like, the beginning of the, her third trimester. Justin's gone because he's not trying to raise somebody else's kid. And she's just doing this on her own with her family support. Her ex-boyfriend, and this is an ex-ex, this is the ex that she, this is a guy she was dating even before David in college, and she basically tossed him aside to be with David. Mm. This is the college boyfriend that she dumped, you guys. And he's back in the picture. He sees her. She's very visibly pregnant, and he's still trying to be with her. Morris Chestnut, you guys. It's Morris Chestnut. (laughs) And she's just like, bet, I'll be with you. And his name is Bo. Which is a very fitting name because Bo is French for handsome and he very much is. <laughs> um, he, this man is just too good for her. Too good for honestly, he's an even better catch than Lee. Um he uh, is uh, in perspective, because he's got a better career and he doesn't have ex-wife or other ch- or you know, um children from a first marriage. He's completely unattached, completely available, completely ready, and and willing to give this woman his heart to break again. He's not even bitter about how she dumped him and did him dirty all those years ago. He's just like, no, we're different people now. Let me be with you, girl. Let me just take care of you, girl. And like, where? Where do they manufacture men like this? <laughs> I know, right? Like, where, where are they? Um, so he's down for her. He's rubbing her feet. He's blowing her back out with consideration to the fetus, of course. Um <laughs> He is uh, helping rock the baby. He's helped taking care of the baby. He puts the baby down for naps when she has to work. This is not his baby. Like, I just, you know what? I'm not going to say Yeah, we can't stress this enough. It's not his baby. It's not his problem. But he's like, I'm trying to be with this woman. So her problems are my problems. Her concerns are my concerns. He is really about this. You know how they tell women all the time, be his peace? Well, he's trying to be her peace. He is. He is being her piece. And you, and you know how she thanks him for being this support, this this homie lover friend during the most trying transitional time in her life. She wow. leaves him to go back to Justin, <laughs> who she never liked, who she who who even in the the ser- the season finale of season 4, she did not trust. 
Like, it is, I mean, it's the constant thing in their relationship. Every time he's like, what do I have to do to prove to you that to trust me? And she goes, I can't trust you because, like, you're ultimately a backstabber. Like, I, you know what? But she's like, you know what? Fuck it. I love him. I love drama. I love stress. I love sleepless nights. And I'm willing to put myself and now my son through that drama. I do, Justin. I do. It's horrible. And it's horrible because the show, the the show movie, whatever, is framing it as like, oh, it's some great love reunited. Like we're so we're supposed to be so happy for them. I don't know what there's there is to be happy about. No show. No. Please show me. Yeah, show me where. Um, Justin showed who he was when she said, not, oh, I cheated on you and I'm pregnant by somebody else. But, like, listen, I got inseminated. I am pregnant now. And you know that this is a woman who wanted a family. And you left her during her pregnancy. Didn't come back to that fetus had been um, evicted and she was snatched again. Very telling. Um, Justin... I think is a better person than David, but like, that's a low bar. Everybody's better than David. <laughs> um, but he was not the better option. He was not be- a better person than Lee. He was certainly not a better person than Bo. And the thing about Lee and Bo is that her family really liked these men. And I'm not saying you got to be with someone just because your family likes them, but you have men in your family Men who have been around the block, who've lived a long time, and in Patrick's and BJ's case, been with a lot of women that didn't work out. Listen to them when they tell you that Justin ain't shit. Exactly. Like, listen to them. Like, I... They have nothing to gain by sabotaging your relationship, Mary. Nothing. It was horrible. I hated it. I hated it. And I... That wedding dress was mad pretty, so I'll give them that. She did. She looked really beautiful. I really liked how it was styled, but it was violence. It was violence. It was violence. And I was just like, this sucks. <laughs> and it's not just what she's doing to herself. She brought her baby into this. She brought her innocent son into this drama. She loves stress, but that baby didn't sign up for this. Um, but yeah, the only person who I'm happy for by the end of season five is Nisi And Kara. Nisi's, yeah, Nisi and Kara get their happy ending, much deserved. Much deserved. And, you know, now we know that Nisi's children are, like, on a a good path. Like, she can support her babies now. Um, She's doing this. Um, There is a burgeoning love interest as well for her. Kara got exactly the the life that she wanted in the way that she wanted it. No thanks to Mary Jane. And I was nervous for Kara, too, because, like, when they hit her, when they hit us with the Kara has breast cancer, I was like, if Kara dies, I'm going to fight someone. (laughs) Girl, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna write off sis. Not like this. Not like this. Not like this. But she she survives. She uh, runs into the arms of her hot baseball player, and they live happily ever after. And that's all I wanted. And she gets to be executive producer, and that's what I wanted for her. Mm -hmm. We love it. We love it. So Nisi is flourishing. Kara is flourishing. Um, Patrick is clean again. Um, You know. Well, way back in season four, PJ, um, Paul Jr. stopped peddling drugs. And, you know, I love that he um, he basically got to jump in and out of the drug business without having to do real time. Um, love that for him. Uh, Mary Jane's ending 
doesn't feel like the beginning of something beautiful and happy and harmonious at all. Sorry. It just doesn't. Absolutely. Um, I, I agree. And that's why ultimately to me, this sort of last TV movie thing is it's another, it's a basic minus for me because it's just not, it's like the show doesn't understand what it's, like, it's weird to me that it thinks that Justin and uh, Mary Jane ending up together is, like, some sort of fulfilling romantic ending. Or, like, some right, sort of I think of the only ending. ending that could have been worse than this is if she ended up with David. Like, that's the only <laughs> thing that could be worse than this. Um, or maybe more fitting. Who knows? I'm going to give this season, quote-unquote season, a bad, actually. But it's like a test at school. Like, if I were a teacher grading this... I would say this is a D minus, but you can take a retest next week. That's how I feel about season five. Yeah. Even the sort of, I will say even the, even though like I like Bo, Bo's um, introduction is like unnecessary. Like it's unnecessary. Like to me, it didn't make sense. Cause I felt like there were other men in Mary Jane's life that we had been with that, that really relationships that she had had that weren't necessarily closed that they could have, they could have recycled any one of those and, and found like an ending. I just, yeah, I don't know. It's a ba- it's a big basic minus almost bad for me. It just, it didn't, it's not, it's like nobody watched the show. I hate when like, I feel like nobody watched the show. I mean, I hope that the reason they didn't recycle any of the characters is to show us that Mary Jane had moved past those types of entanglements on an emotional level. But then when they introduce Bo and then Mary Jane does him dirty as she does, it seems like she's just the same person. And this character was introduced for the sole purpose of being mistreated, which I hated. And listen, they're like, if the sex friend, her hot NFL sex friend... If he came back, you know what I mean? Yeah, I would have I would have enjoyed that better because they always had a purely sexual relationship. Right. Then and not in their relationship was sexual, but like it was like there was more that could have been. It's just that she sort of was not in the emotional place to to really receive that. Mm-hmm. Because he was always very kind and like soft spoken and very warm. And he had art and he'd always was like, I want to do this if you want to do this. And she was the one who just was like weird because she's her. And so if he had come back in that final movie and like was like, Yeah, I'll have this baby with you. Yeah, like um, I'm doing this thing in the NFL now, like I would have been like, Yeah. Yeah, that's a vibe. Look at us growing the fuck. Like, I would have been in with it, but not. I don't know. Whatever. Right. I agree. That probably would have been a more fitting ending. Um, Not any recycled love interest or, you know, um, you know, this ex-boyfriend scenario, but maybe this friends with benefits turn like into a version into like a real relationship. That would have been satisfying to see, actually. That would have been a much better ending. And honestly, it didn't even have to be a marriage. I think there was a real push for Mary Jane to have a wedding. But Mary Jane needed to learn how to be a better partner before she was out here marrying anybody. Right. 
Because the problem is Mary Jane. Mary Jane is selfish. She does not know how to treat her partner as well. She wants to be worshipped and she wants to be adored and she wants to be put first. Um, but she never does that for anybody. Except for people like Justin who neg her and treat her badly. <laughs> she's she's um she's just committed to 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 do to just she's committed to pain. Um, she's a masochist. I don't know. Good for her, I guess. Uh, <laughs> obviously being Mary Jane, I think all in all was like a watershed for BET. Now, like we said, BET can't have nice things. They don't know how to have nice things. So they've never, they've never particularly followed up with anything that I felt was just as good. Um, even though like, I know they have other dramas on the network. Uh, I've seen like an episode of American Soul. I didn't particularly enjoy it, um, but I just don't think... But not because it's whatever. It's just not to my taste. Um, I don't know. I don't know, BET. I want it for you, but you have to want it for yourself. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. That's where I am with BET. <laughs> like, I, I want it for you, but you have to want it for yourself. Uh, so that's that's how that goes. Um uh, as for Gabrielle Union, I, I, no, as for Mara Brock Akil, I think I I was just really happy to see her like do a true blue drama. And I think it's it's where she's at. That, this is what she needs to do from now on. Don't go back, Mara. You're not a, like you are a comedy writer, but like at the same time, you're just so much better at this. And there you have it, folks. This is everything that we think made being Mary Jane good, bad, basic, and very titillating. If you'd like to check out the series, Being Mary Jane is currently streaming on Hulu. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic, be sure to share with your friends. Tune in next week as we keep the strong female lead season going with a recap of this scintillating lifetime drama, The Client List. The Client List is currently streaming for free on the Tubi app, so be sure to get into the series or go and go refresh your memory. Uh, you don't want to miss out on this conversation. The Good, The Bad, The Basic is currently streaming on all major podcast platforms, so be sure to tune into our regular weekly episodes on the go. Leave us a review on your preferred platform and share our weekly episodes on your social media. Follow us at The Good, Bad, Basic on Twitter and at Good, Bad, Basic Pod on Instagram to get in on our daily content. Also follow our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic, where all of our weekly episodes debut first if you love this sort of content and want more become a show producer and patron on patreon you can find us at patreon.com forward slash good bad basic your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes as well as exclusive bonus material until next time bye everyone (laughs) 